Are there barriers to a spiritual life? Jesus believes there are, and in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, he begins to describe what those barriers are. And in this episode, we begin to look at the barrier of keeping up religious appearances. Hey everybody, welcome once again to this episode of the Bible in Life podcast. The other day I was looking at where people are listening to this podcast at, and I was just really surprised by some of the locations. So, if you are listening in Uganda, I want to say welcome. So glad you've been tuning in and listening to the Bible in Life. If you're in Sweden, same for you. Welcome. So glad you've been uh, listening to this, and hopefully uh, it's being helpful to you as you try to follow Jesus. If you're in Cambodia, we've even had a listener in Korea. So welcome to all of you around the world who are uh, listening to the Bible in Life. And uh, I pray that uh, this teaching and going through the Sermon on the Mount is helping all of us really just come to know Jesus more and follow him a little bit better. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being with us here on The Bible in Life. Before we jump into the material for this episode, I would like to invite you to follow me on Facebook or on Instagram. Particularly, I'd like to invite you to check out my Patreon page if you haven't had a chance to do that. It's a great opportunity to get some bonus content as well as to find out ways that you could support this work financially. All right. In this episode, what we want to do is we've come to a transition point in the Sermon on the Mount. So before I jump into any specific passage, I want to make sure we look at the overall structure of the Sermon on the Mount and kind of just put things in context a bit. All right. So we are going to be shifting from chapter 5 to chapter 6. And as I said, that's a, a transition moment in the sermon. We have been organizing our approach to the Sermon on the Mount around the dominant theme of surpassing righteousness. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount throws open wide the door to the kingdom and says, regardless of where you've come from in my kingdom, you can be blessed. If you're spiritually bankrupt and poor, well, blessed are you because guess what? The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. If you've had a hard life with lots of suffering and you mourn, guess what? You can experience the blessing of God in my kingdom and you'll be comforted and so on and so forth. So he throws open the door to the kingdom at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount and what we traditionally call the Beatitudes. And then he says, I actually want to form a community of people, a kingdom of people who are experiencing the reign of God so fully that they they actually embody surpassing righteousness. And as such, they're a city set on a hill. They're the light of the world. That's Jesus' goal. That's his dream uh, in calling us to himself and forming us as his people. And so he, he has set out this vision in the Sermon on the Mount of what it looks like to have surpassing righteousness. And so the first, uh, the first major movement of the sermon that we have just kind of wrapped up is all these examples of surpassing righteousness, uh, going beyond the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees to saying, look, we're not just going to avoid murder. We also want to become the kind of people who don't have anger and contempt filling our heart. We don't want to just avoid adultery. We actually want to be the kind of people who aren't consumed with sexual desire and are looking to lust on a regular basis and so on and so forth. So all of these things we've looked at over the last handful of episodes really have been examples of surpassing righteousness. 
And what Jesus is now going to do in the sermon here, beginning in chapter 6, is he's going to begin considering uh, barriers to surpassing righteousness. All right, we want to be a kind of people who embody God's kingdom, God's reign so fully that we have surpassing righteousness. Well, guess what? There are some things that can get in the way of that, very common things in life and even in religion that can impede or are barriers to acquiring surpassing righteousness. And so what Jesus is going to do in this second major movement of the Sermon on the Mount is he is going to just give some barriers to surpassing righteousness. The first barrier he will mention will be religious appearances, just trying to look good religiously. So you do do the appropriate, quote-unquote, religious or righteous deed for people to notice so that everyone knows, oh, he's spiritual, she's religious, oh, that's a good Christian, oh, yep, 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 they're doing the proper religious things, they're keeping up religious appearances. And if we're simply living to look religious, look spiritual, look righteous, we'll never really be changed in the heart. Uh, And so we won't acquire surpassing righteousness. So he'll He'll give that, religious appearances, as a barrier to surpassing righteousness. Then after that, he begins to talk about money and stuff and several things related to money and stuff. And what it really boils down to is preoccupation with money and stuff uh, really prevents us from acquiring surpassing righteousness. Instead, he'll say we need to actually put our focus elsewhere on God and his kingdom and his righteousness. And so preoccupation with money and stuff and being uh, pursuing it, being overly interested in it, worrying too much about it, that's a barrier to surpassing righteousness. And then the third barrier he gives in this section of the Sermon on the Mount is at the beginning of chapter 7, and that barrier could just be described as a case of plank eye. That if you have a plank in your eye, Jesus uses that imagery, that illustration, it's plank eye. And plank eye really is really a, a superiority complex. If, if you compare yourself regularly with other people and what you notice is their faults and your achievements, you've got plank eye. If you have a posture of fault finding and you're always criticizing, always critiquing, always finding out what other people are doing wrong. That's plank eye, and that's a barrier to surpassing righteousness. And so we'll have to deal with that if we actually want to become this this community, this kingdom that embodies God's rule and God's reign, and, and really is a city set on the hill for displaying God's wisdom to the world. And so those three barriers Jesus highlights in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, religious appearances, preoccupation with money and stuff, and a superiority complex that leads us to have a posture of fault-finding. All right, and so what I want to do now at this moment in this transition point in the sermon is I just want to really begin with that first one, religious appearances, and Jesus actually makes the initial statement in Matthew chapter 6-1, and then he gives several examples of how that played out in his culture to really help us begin to think about what does it look like to keep up religious appearances. And so in this episode, I simply want to take Matthew 6 verse 1, the general statement, save the examples of that for the next episodes, but just take that general statement and reflect on that for just a few minutes with you. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 says this, beware, be on the alert for, 
Uh, Be mindful of, take heed to, practicing your righteousness before people to be noticed by them, to be watched and observed and studied by them, to be seen by them. Beware of practicing or doing your righteous deeds before men to be noticed by them. Uh, we should probably take the phrase your righteousness or practicing your righteousness, almost put that in quotes uh, so that we understand what Jesus is getting at there. What he's getting at is doing what people consider to be the appropriate and righteous thing to do. Uh, Religious activity primarily, and you look at the examples that he gives, it becomes pretty clear. That's what he's talking about is... um, activities that religious people have deemed particularly righteous. So beware of doing uh, righteous deeds or things that your religious community would say, wow, that's a righteous person. Uh, Beware of practicing those things before people to be noticed by them. All right, the first thing we need to, to stop and think about is, How does that fit with what Jesus said just a couple paragraphs earlier in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where he says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How does Matthew 5, 16 fit in with Matthew 6, 1? And really, it's a contrast. Those two things do stand apart. They're not the same sort of thing. The issue in Matthew 5, 16, about letting your uh, light shine before people is don't hide it. Don't hide it. Read it in context, and it's obvious that Jesus is saying, look, you live your genuinely good, kingdom-centered, Jesus-focused life. You do benevolent, kind-hearted, good, uh, well-intended deeds before people so that they can see them but not so that you get the glory, not so that you get the attention, not ultimately for your own benefit. You you let your light shine before people so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. And so Matthew 5, 16 is about not hiding. Um, It's about uh, genuinely good deeds done for the good of other people and done in such a way that it honors and glorifies God. Jesus wants us to be light in that sense. He wants our genuine goodness that's good for people and that honors God. He wants that to be seen. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, the issue isn't that. The issue is a religious activity, really to keep up religious appearances, um, in some cases almost to show off that you really are righteous, that you really are religious, that you're in good standing with the religious community, that people would look at you and think, wow, he is really spiritual. She is really, man, what a, what a good little Christian she is. And so the difference really is in the intent. In Matthew 5.16, the intent is that you might glorify your Father in heaven, that you might do good for people. In Matthew 6, verse 1, the intent is really for you to be noticed by people and to be studied and observed by people as somebody who is is really righteous, really spiritual. Um, And so they have very different motivations. They have a very different intended outcome. 
Uh, one is notice me. Notice me. Pay attention to me. Notice that I'm in good standing. I'm keeping the, the kinds of things you guys say I should. Notice me. And the other one is notice God. Notice how good God is. Notice how wise God is. Notice the, the quality of life that God has imparted to his people and the good that he wants to do for you. Notice me versus notice God. Two very different intents between those two approaches. And here in Matthew chapter 6, 1, it says this, beware of practicing your righteousness, those religious righteous deeds, before people to be noticed by them. Otherwise, he says, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. That there's really, ultimately, there might be some sort of benefit you get out of it, but it's not It's not really a benefit with God. It's not some sort of reward with your father. This isn't something, in other words, that pleases God. This isn't something that that God really wants done and, and helps you be in good standing with God. You have no reward with your father in heaven. And in the following examples that we'll look at in the ensuing episode, Jesus makes it clear what kind of rewards you have. If you practice your righteous deeds before people to be noticed by them, you you do get a reward, and Jesus will make it clear what reward it is. It's not a reward with God. It's a reward with people. You get exactly what you want. You get exactly what you're seeking. You get noticed by people, and that's the reward you're after. That's what you want. And so you don't have a reward with God. You have a reward with people, and in short... And in short, it may be religious activity you're doing, but it's not God-honoring activity that you're doing. And so there's really no reward with your Father in heaven. There's only a reward with people. So beware of practicing your righteous deeds before people to be noticed by them. That may be, um, you know, doing your daily devotions. That may be posting appropriate Christian memes on social media. That may be, there's a hundred and one things it could be, right? Uh, Things that uh, cause people to think, wow, he's a good Christian. She's a good Christian. And the problem is if you do that, you will never acquire surpassing righteousness because your, your righteousness is only skin deep. It's on the surface. It's outward. It's for the appearance of people. And that's not what Jesus wants for you. That's not the way to acquire surpassing righteousness. Ultimately, surpassing righteousness takes root in the heart and then overflows from the heart from there. So if we're simply practicing our righteousness before people to be noticed by them, then our righteousness is skin deep. It's really a matter of religious appearances and it won't change our heart. So guard yourself against that. Maybe even ask Jesus to, to open your eyes to, if you're, if you're actually practicing this in any sort of way, ask Jesus to show you, is your righteousness more than skin deep? Are there ways that you're simply keeping up religious appearances uh, and you're wanting people to notice you, to notice 
your spirituality, to notice your good deeds, to notice what a good Christian you are? Are you doing things simply to appear to be a good Christian rather than because you really believe Jesus and believe that his way is right? Why are you doing the spiritual deeds and the righteous deeds you're doing? Are you doing them to glorify God and to acquire his good heart? Or are you doing them simply to be noticed by people so that you can keep up religious appearances? All right, that's it on this episode of The Bible in Life. Um, I just want to encourage you, if, you uh, if you're really finding this of great value, swing on over to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash John Whitaker. Check that out. It's just a way you could support me. This, as a number of people have asked, is, are you doing anything else right now? Well, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm creating online resources because I believe we, we need some online, on-demand resources to help people live their Christian faith, to help people learn the Bible. And so I'm spending all my time right now creating online courses. I got the third one filmed and it's about ready to be edited and, and hopefully in a few weeks we'll have that one released and and that course is on core beliefs and so then I'm going to do a course on basics of spiritual growth and so I'm trying to put together things that can be used online um, used on your phone to either grow yourself spiritually or for you to use in coaching and mentoring and discipling other people to help them grow spiritually so I'm giving myself full time to this which means I'm really dependent on on people like you to support the work I'm doing so if you're finding great value in this podcast if if you've checked out some of my other resources and you're finding value there, then I would just encourage you to swing on over to my Patreon page again, patreon.com slash John Whitaker, and check that out and just consider prayerfully if you're able to support this work in some sort of financial way. Blessings on each one of you. Thanks again for listening wherever you're at in the world. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time on The Bible in Life.